Hi there, I'm your host, Eddie, and you're listening to The Motion, a podcast about examining entertainment law and copyright from an audience's perspective. In this podcast, we'll be covering copyright infringement, music history, intellectual property cases, as well as current legal news and issues in the entertainment industry. I find it's interesting to break down and get into the details of cases and question our current copyright system because it seems like it's not really working for musicians and artists anyway. I started this podcast because I've always been so intrigued by entertainment law. In the music and entertainment industry, the outcomes of trials and settlements can affect the laws and standards that are already in place. And that could change the future of music and film for audiences and artists alike. On this show, we'll be covering historical copyright cases, following current cases and their outcomes to show you how the copyright system is broken. We'll also get into definitions of legal terms, delving into details of record deals, and examining streaming services like Spotify. I want this podcast to be a place to learn about these cases and subjects from an audience and creator's point of view. I want to take a deep dive into entertainment law. As much as I can, I'm not an attorney, but I'll do my best and uncover the details of these cases and laws in this industry and how they affect us. Let's go behind the scenes a bit and see if we can make sense of it all. Usually I would tell you a story about copyright, but on today's episode, I wanted to talk about the effects of coronavirus on the entertainment business. The outbreak of COVID-19 began in December and has quickly grown into a pandemic that has affected many industries all over the world. And it got me wondering about the effects of the virus on music and film and the entertainment industry as a whole. I don't want this episode to downplay the terrible impact COVID-19 is having on our health and our families, as well as the economy. It's just something I'd like to explore as so many people in the entertainment industry have been or will be affected. For me, the first noticeable impact of COVID-19 started in my city of Austin, Texas. Our biggest event of the year here is South by Southwest an annual festival for music, film, and interactive media. South by Southwest was scheduled to begin the week of March 13th, but our mayor canceled the festival on March 6th, and this set off many other festival cancellations nationwide. Then the NBA suspended their season until further notice. Cannes Film Festival was postponed, and E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is the biggest trade show in the video game industry, was canceled. Coachella has been postponed until October, as well as so many other festivals, shows, and events. All of their future dates are up in the air for now. It all got me thinking, what about the contracts for television, concerts, and film productions? What happens to all that money that is behind these events? I did learn there's a clause that can be used in contracts called force majeure. A force majeure clause can protect a party from the risk of a performance being delayed or indefinitely stopped due to circumstances and events outside of a party's control, which make a performance impossible, commercially impractical, or illegal. The purpose of a force majeure provision is to relieve the party that's been impacted by extending, temporarily suspending, or terminating the contract due to unexpected and unavoidable events such as acts of God, including hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, landslides, and wildfires, and certain man-made events like riots, wars, terrorism, explosions, labor strikes, and scarcity of energy supplies. To be classified as a force majeure event, the event must be beyond the control of contracting parties, 
it cannot be anticipated, foreseeable, or expected, and must be unavoidable. So some events may have been covered in a clause like this, but I imagine not all force majeure clauses in contracts are specific enough to cover a public health emergency or pandemic. And if they aren't included or without the force majeure clause completely, the party at risk wouldn't be covered at all, resulting in a massive loss of money. The music and concert industry is sadly in turmoil right now. A lot of artists and promoters are postponing and rescheduling their tours and shows until later this year. Meanwhile, everyone else is trying to do the exact same thing while not knowing when touring will actually be able to resume, especially since no one knows for sure when we'll be able to go outside again, or even if people will want to. Over a month ago, it felt like everyone was being cautious but optimistic about this virus, but it's just gotten more grim as the days go by. Everything is uncertain for the time being. Because of the effects of this pandemic, and if most shows aren't resumed or rescheduled by later this year, research by Polestar suggests that the music industry could take a hit of $9 billion. And this is something that has never happened before. Even the recession in 2008 didn't come close to these projected damages. Rival promoters, venue operators, and agencies such as Live Nation, AEG, William Morris, and United Talent Agency have formed a sort of task force to assess the damage of COVID-19 and to ensure that precautionary efforts and ongoing protocol are in the best interests of artists, fans, staff, and the global community, they announced in April. It's a bit early to predict yet, but if the concert business does make a turnaround, it's most likely going to come from club shows and regional tours at first. Most likely and hopefully people will want to get outside and see their favorite artists perform again, and that will help the music business make a comeback. Many tours were postponed until late fall of this year rather than be canceled altogether, as there is still a hope that the virus will go away and everyone can get back to business soon. Ticketmaster and its parent company, Live Nation, have just reported that they will begin offering refunds for concerts and events starting May 1st. They made the change after being heavily criticized for their former policy that only refunded tickets for canceled events, not postponed events. Apparently, over 18,000 events have either been canceled or rescheduled with Live Nation and Ticketmaster, and concert goers were upset they couldn't request refunds. I even read that a class-action lawsuit was filed against Ticketmaster by a disappointed customer. Also, two members of Congress from California and New Jersey wrote a letter to Live Nation shaming them for their prior policy, saying, With Americans weathering the brutal and continuing impacts of this global crisis, your decision to confiscate their money is reprehensible and should be reversed immediately. The new refund policy also has a rock-when-you-are-ready program, which gives concert cash, a credit for 150% of your ticket value, that can be used for future events. In order to request a refund, you must apply within 30 days of the event being canceled or after new dates are announced. For events that already have scheduled new dates, you'll have 30 days from May 1st to request a refund. If you don't request a refund, your ticket will be valid for its new date. If the event's been canceled, a refund will be processed automatically. You can also donate the value of your refunded ticket to healthcare workers through their Hero Nation program. I'm glad most ticketing agencies and venues are offering refunds now for those who need them. I do, however, worry about where the artists are in this. I hope that this doesn't affect their booking guarantees or the percentage of revenue they make on ticket sales. But I'm afraid it might, 
depending on how many refunds end up being issued. For all the tour dates that never happened or never will happen, they are basically considered cancelled and their contracts must be completely renegotiated. I'm also hearing that some festival acts are being asked to take a 35% reduction in fees for a rescheduled appearance. I recently read that the performance rights organization ASCAP, or the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, seems to be having trouble paying their songwriters royalties. They warned their members that they may experience delays in payment. I feel like this is another awful blow for artists at this time. Yet, BMI, another performance rights organization, reported it will be able to pay its members in a timely manner because they utilize a different business model. The film industry was also hit very hard by COVID-19. Variety reported that an estimated 120,000 entertainment industry jobs have been lost due to the impact of the pandemic. Movie theaters all over the world have been forced to close, major film productions have been delayed or postponed indefinitely, and many completed movies have premiered on streaming platforms instead or moved up their release dates since theaters have closed down. A lot of film companies and studios involved in pre-production will most likely lose what they've paid for in promotion and marketing costs. Unfortunately, this is an industry that just can't work from home. The stimulus package that recently passed should hopefully give some relief to the crew, contract, or gig workers who previously weren't covered by unemployment benefits. On a more positive side, on Friday, March 20th, Bandcamp gave all artists 100% of sales on their platform. This promotion attracted so many fans it temporarily crashed their website. Bandcamp explained, The numbers tell a remarkable story. On a typical Friday, fans buy about 47,000 items on Bandcamp. But this past Friday, fans bought nearly 800,000, or $4.3 million worth of music and merch. That's more than 15 times our normal Friday. And at the peak, fans were buying 11 items per second. Also, shout out to one of my favorite record labels, Deus Records, who gave 100% of all sales to their artists the whole week of March 20th till the 27th. According to Nielsen data, during the week of March 26th, total U.S. album sales went up 2.3% from copies sold across all formats, CDs, digital album downloads, vinyl, and cassettes. That's up from the record low of 1.52 million in sales the previous week. Digital sales went up almost 50% from last week, the biggest week for digital sales since September of 2019. At the beginning of April, SoundCloud announced new initiatives to help support their artists by allowing them to add a direct donate button on their pages. They've also given free promotional support to their artists for the rest of the year, as well as giving them access to professional marketing and monetization services, plus distribution features. John Ochoa, an editor at the Recording Academy, shared resources for musicians who have been impacted financially and encourages them to visit grammy.com slash musiccares to learn more about the financial, medical, and personal emergency services and resources offered by the Recording Academy. If you can buy vinyl, t-shirts, music, and other merch right now to support your favorite bands during this time, please do so. Support artists, musicians, and local businesses if you have the means to. Criterion Collection and Janice Films recently donated $50,000 to start off a campaign that helps struggling independent cinemas. This fund will provide independent theaters nationwide with financial relief so they can pay staff, 
as well as their bills until they're allowed to reopen. Netflix also donated $75,000 to the fund, and the money is being administered by Art House Convergence, a nonprofit association dedicated to sustainability in community-based, mission-driven media exhibition. They are inviting friends of independent theaters and art houses everywhere to join them in this fundraising effort. To help independent cinemas survive, go to GoFundMe.com and search for the Art House America campaign to donate. Or to find out how to apply, check out the link in our episode notes. The Motion is written, produced, and recorded by me, Eddie. Music is by Machinima Sound. Rate, review, and share this podcast with friends. Be sure to give us a five-star rating. That's how you help other people find the show. Tell me what you're currently listening to during this quarantine. Send me a tweet over at The Motion Pod and follow us on Instagram at Listen to the Motion. Until next time, friends, stay safe and be well. See you next week for another new episode of The Motion. 